It's really important to have role models and to be able to see other women like you that have progressed their careers so you can see the art of the possible. So I hope you're all great today. So I am excited today to be with you to talk about the power of women. So for those of you that don't know, tomorrow is International Women's Day. That's on the 8th of March. It happens every year. So it's fantastic to be able to actually have a conversation about diversity and inclusion and also not just about gender diversity, but diversity in all its wonderful shapes and forms. So we're going to get into this. So listen, I'm going to share with you a little bit around my experience um, in business and why it is so important that every single one of us pays attention to this, no matter what field you're in, whether you're in business, whether you run a charity, whether it's just in terms of your role in society, you know, actually having diverse teams is absolutely critical to success. You know, and listen, it's totally illogical, isn't it? Why should you know, a man have more opportunities than a woman. You know, why should someone of a, a different racial background have, you know, more opportunities than someone from a, from, from a different um, racial background, etc. So the point is that this is not about being better or worse. This is about recognising that we have differences, celebrating those differences, but also acknowledging that we have, you know, similarities as well. So this is not a bash men session at all by any means. So listen, I'm going to share with you some really kind of grounded perspectives, if you like, from my career um, over my nearly 30 years in business. But also just to set a bit of a, a backstop, really, about a backstory around where we are today. So, you know, International Women's Day actually started in 1911. So it's been going a long time, right, which is fantastic, because even way back then, if you think about what life would have been like totally different to today's world. So the fact that this has been on the agenda for well over 100 years, I think is incredible in its own on its own basis, actually. But you know, I'm going to talk about some of the stats in terms of where we are, the progress that we've made, because we have made great progress. And we need to make sure we recognise that and celebrate that, but also identify some of the areas where we need to continue to push forward and and make change happen uh, across the different sectors across different business and organisations, etc. So we're going to get into this. So listen, from a UK point of view, when we look at, let's just look at the at the, the listed companies, the biggest con- uh, companies in the UK, so FTSE businesses. So we're at a stage now where 40% of uh, women are in leadership positions. Now that has shifted from 12.5% 10 years ago. So that's a massive, massive leap forward. And actually, a target was set to hit that 40% level by 2025. So we're ahead of the game. You know, we're two years ahead of the game. Now, the numbers will be different in different markets. So if you're listening to this, you know, in France or in Germany or India or China or wherever in the world, the numbers will be different. But I'm just going to focus on the numbers that I'm familiar with to actually just showcase the progress we've made, but also getting into a little bit more under the skin of that. So <coughs> great progress made. So that's the first thing. 
But when we actually look at it in a bit more detail, when we look at executive roles, and by executive roles, I mean people that are actually responsible for the day-to-day of running those businesses, that number drops from 40% down to 34%. So what's that telling us? Well, essentially it is telling us that we have made more progress in terms of female non-exec director positions and chair positions than we have with executive roles. And when we dig into that in a little bit more detail, again, if we look at the FTSE 100, so these are the top 100 businesses in the UK, only 8% have female CEOs. 8%. Now, that's quite shocking. Uh, So as I say, when you're looking at data like this, it's really important to dig underneath. So, you know, I think it's amazing that we've made the progress that we have. But to me, that shows that we still have a long way to go because whether we like it or not, women are not in the top jobs of those top 100 companies. So there's more work to be done there, isn't there? Um, So clearly. But like I say, you know, this is not around, you know, bashing the progress we've made. We've made some fantastic progress, but it is around saying collectively, okay, that's interesting. What can we do more? What can we do to make sure we have a far more inclusive and diverse um, leadership in our businesses, but also that filters all the way down to the organisation? You know, so this is not about hierarchy, but what you and this, of course, there's societal factors as well, isn't there? You know. Men cannot have babies, <laughs> whether you want, whether you'd like that or not, they cannot have babies. So, you know, there's a role that women play clearly in terms of, you know, having kids and, and what that means in terms of their own careers and, and getting back into the workplace, etc. So there are societal impacts and we're going to talk about that. So that's the stats. But, you know, why is all of this important? Well, quite frankly, having diverse teams and i'm not and we're talking about gender today because it's international women's day tomorrow and we're making you know a huge amount of strides in terms of raising awareness certainly during this week but you know diversity of all shapes and forms whether it's lgbtq whether it's racial diversity social mobility etc all of these aspects are absolutely critical so gender is the one that we've made more progress with but there's still a lot more to do there. So can you imagine what's actually left to do with the other areas um, around diversity, equity and inclusion? So uh, what, it's so important because, you know, at the end of the day, it is proven that diverse teams and diverse boards perform better than non-diverse. And that sounds obvious, doesn't it, actually? Because if you think about it, your customers are diverse you know, your shareholders are diverse. So why would you have, you know, one group representing your shareholders and customers? It does. It doesn't make sense, does it? So diverse boards actually and diverse leadership teams and diverse teams in general achieve better results because you have diverse thinking, diverse perspectives. And that means you're making, I would argue, better quality decisions in terms of moving things forward. So, you know, that's one reason why diversity, equity and inclusion is important. But quite frankly, it's the right thing to do. You know, as I say, for me, it's around having opportunities for, for all because every single one of you has talents, you have greatness in you and you have something to contribute. So, you know, for me, it's really important and it's something I'm very passionate about. So what can you do then? Well, there's two angles to this. There's what are the initiatives that businesses need to do 
and what are the initiatives that individuals need to do? So let's take both of them in turn, you know, because certainly through my career, um, things have changed significantly, as I say, but certainly when I was in executive roles in the corporate world, I was nearly always the only woman in the boardroom with a P&L, with a profit and loss account. Um, you know, and thank God that actually HR have been present for long, a lot longer than those commercial roles. But very often, you know, you would have HR would be, you know, the only woman on the board. Um, but as I say, in terms of having a P&L, I was often the only woman in the boardroom, which, you know, it, it didn't hold me back per se. But there were definitely challenging times in my career that I can remember where, it, you know, it wasn't easy. Actually, it wasn't easy to progress in, in that in that environment. But nonetheless, I did. And I feel very proud of that. So for me, it's about how can we support, help and guide each other. So let's talk about businesses and what businesses can do. So the first thing really is to take stock where you are. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of businesses, in particular, small, smaller businesses or mid-sized businesses, sometimes they're almost too scared to actually even address the topic because they don't want to get it wrong. They don't want to get shot down for using the wrong language or using the wrong you know the wrong approach etc so therefore maybe the progress isn't made as much but I think the first thing is identify where you are um, because once you've done that you can then actually say okay well that's interesting are we ahead of the game are we behind the game where do we actually want to be in the in the future so identify where you are as an organization would be the first thing the second thing i would say is in order to make significant progress this needs to be at the top of the strategic agenda so you know this needs to come from the top from the board that it's recognized as something that is critical and important for the success and the results of the business because if you don't have that buy-in at the most senior level of an organization, it is very difficult to drive change. So a brilliant example, actually, of this is EasyJet. So Johan Lundgren, who's a good friend of mine, has actually been on the podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant. So if you've not checked out Johan's interview, please do. But Johan, in his leadership as group CEO of EasyJet and the rest of his team as well, they recognize that, you know, having female pilots was was really unknown it wasn't a common career choice for women and they wanted to really change that so they set a strategic imperative which came from johan himself and his executive board um, in terms of wanting to make a difference so you know in the world only about six percent of pilots are women um, and that's, that's sort of the average today across the world. So very, very low, not dissimilar to actually the proportion of female CEOs who are, who are heading up um, FTSE 100 businesses. And EasyJet made, a, made a, a real commitment and they wanted to, you know, exceed over 20 percent. And they've actually done that. But they did it because it was a strategic imperative. Now, I am not a personally, I'm not a believer in quotas. I think it should be the best person for the job. But there is an element of what gets measured gets done. So as a business, if you see this and you should see it as a strategic imperative, set yourself some goals, be really honest about where you are and make sure that you have champions at the top of the organisation that then filters all the way down that can drive, drive and deliver sustainable change. We need to avoid tokenism. Um, and by tokenism, I mean where it's almost like gender washing to a certain degree, you know, whereby we go, oh, well, you know, we've hit our quota, so we've got one or two women on the board, but actually it's not really substantial. Um, so I think have a strategic imperative, set some goals, 
measure that progress. But then we get into some of the nitty gritty because that's all well and good. But unless you take action, nothing's going to change. So what, what do businesses need to do? Well, essentially, there's a key around attracting talent, retaining talent and actually then creating that pipeline because you can't often you can't create this overnight so you know into I mean I've hired thousands and thousands of of people over the years in the various exec roles that I've I've been in Um, and sometimes even with the best intention you know you just haven't got the candidates of the caliber that you need to do the job so as I say I'm a big believer that it should be the best person for the job absolutely but what happens if they're not there so working on the pipeline and actually making sure that you're attracting female talent into your organization that you're giving them you know career opportunities so that then as those women progress through their career they become more mature with their experience you have a pool of talent that you can then absolutely continue to work with so that those women um, and men come into an organization as a career progression and they are, you know, well placed to take those very senior roles or roles at every single level of the organization. So pipelining is really important. Um, and as I say, I'll give EasyJet again as an example. You know, that starts by going into schools and talking to young girls about, hey, have you thought about being a pilot? You know, uh, engineering is another one. Women in tech is another one. So all of these um, you know, sort of uh, career choices that maybe have been seen not to be the norm for women, we need to actually be able to showcase that, yes, you can have a great career in these sectors. And the same goes for men, right? You know, if you think about nursing and, and you know, more of the caring kind of professions like that, over HR, you know, again, typically you would find much many more female HRDs than male HRDs. Well, why can't that be a career choice for men? So it goes both ways. So we really need to be opening the eyes for those opportunities and pipelining talent early on. Um, the other area which I think is important for businesses is around return to work. You know, as I say, Men cannot physically have babies, okay? That's the job for us women. Um, But what does that mean then for career choices? Have you got policies in place which, you know, are flexible and encourage a return to work after having had kids? You know, flexible working, maternity and paternity leave. You know, are are there policies there that can actually mean that women can return to work um, in the right way with flexibility that might be required? So all of these things, you know, businesses need to put into play in order to be able to move forward with the agenda of diversity, equity and inclusion. And as I say, I have touched on just some examples. There's many, many more um, around gender equality, equity and inclusion. But it is not just gender. It's LGBTQ plus. It's race. It's, you know, it's um, social mobility you know, how, how, how are we excluding talent? And let's face it, there is a war on talent right now. It is difficult to get great people. You know, we've lost a lot of talent because of Brexit. Whole host of reasons. Don't get me started on that. But, you know, at the end of the day, why would you exclude yourself from being able to tap into a pool of talent? of all diverse backgrounds. So that's some stuff on, on what businesses can do. So let's now turn our attention to what women themselves can do. So 
listen, we are different. Men and women are different. This is not about men being better or women being better. We are different. And we have some similarities as well. So let's celebrate them. Let's recognize them. But just some things that have kind of helped me through my career. And, you know, so I'm sharing quite openly with you. I think, you know, it's, it's really important to have role models and to be able to see other women like you that have progressed their career so you can see the art of the possible. So I think, you know, if you haven't got a mentor or a coach or someone that you can look up to who's another female leader that can actually help and support you and guide you, then please do look for someone that can support you. Look for someone, seek someone out. And it doesn't have to be a woman, it could be a man. And let me say, you know, change only happens when we have male advocates as well as female advocates. So as I say, this is about inclusion. So let's not positively discriminate the other way, right? Um, So yeah, I would say as a woman, if you're progressing your career, absolutely seek out some support for yourself. You know, who you surround yourself with is really important. And if you can surround yourself with other women that have actually progressed their career well, you know, they can give you some advice and support. Ideally, you've got the support of someone that is maybe more senior. You know, they're a couple of steps ahead of you, so they're able to share their experience. So that's one thing. Secondly, ladies, please put your hand up. And by that, I mean, don't sit back. Do not sit back because when you sit back, you are essentially abdicating responsibility for your career progression or your life to somebody else. You have to take control, right? So by that, I mean, put your hand up, opportunities, leading projects, speaking engagements, you know, leading certain things. Don't wait to be asked. Put yourself forward proactively manage your career. Do not leave it to other other people to do that for you. That is dangerous. So put your hand up and, you know, even if you're not successful, take the learnings. You're going to get knockbacks. That's fine. You're not going to succeed at everything. That's okay. But grow a bit of a thicker skin when it comes to um, failure. Um, See failure as learning. You know, I mean, I've had plenty of times in my career where I haven't got the promotion or I've been, you know, they've brought a man in over my head that's really annoyed the hell out of me. (laughs) And, you know, in my younger career, I would probably say I would blame it, blame everyone else, blame the organisation, blame the boss, etc. But no, take responsibility for it and think about what could I do differently? Maybe I didn't put myself forward enough. Maybe I didn't actually you know, say what I was interested in and wanted to get involved in. So own it, own your own career progression and what you want to do with your business life, right? So that's the second point. The third point is keep your hand up. So put it up in the first place, but keep it up. So, you know, let me just give you an example. So for for example, very often, and I am generalizing now, so please excuse me because this is, you know, everyone is different. But what can often happen is, say a role becomes available and is advertised internally or externally. Typically, and I'm generalizing, so I I apologize for that, but just just, uh, go with me. Typically, a woman would probably look at that job description and they might look at, there might be 30%, let's say, that's on that job description, on that job ad, which they haven't had direct experience of. And a woman would typically hone in on that 30% and may not even apply. I haven't got experience of that. Whereas a guy, and again, I'm generalizing, so please, please do bear with me. Don't shoot me down, but you get the point. Um, Generally, a guy would look at that and go, oh, I can do 70% of it, so I'll apply. 
right? So it's a different mindset. So, you know, as I say, keep your hand up, keep your hand up, you know, in the same when it comes to like negotiating, you know, salaries and, and, and business deals, etc. have the confidence. So the next point around this is belief, you know, you've got to believe in yourself and working on your own mindset, your own personal development every single day. I mean, I have suffered with imposter syndrome so many times through my career. The first time I went to university as the only one in my family, when I got a job in the government economic service, and I was the only one really with a, you know, 90% of the graduates were Oxbridge and I got my degree from Leeds. You know, I felt like an imposter. The first time, you know, I got promoted to director position. The first time I became an MD and was, you know, joined the board. Um, the first time I became a property investor. You know, all these, all these pivotal points, every single point of those, I have had feelings of doubt, insecurity, not feeling good enough, not fitting in. Call it imposter syndrome, call it whatever you want, but I have definitely felt that. And, you know, it, how do you overcome that? Well, you've got to work on yourself. You've got to work on your mindset and, you know, tell yourself the right stories. Tell yourself that you are good enough, you can achieve anything, because the reality is you can, but very often you're your own worst enemy. So, yes, organisations need to put the right things in place, but as women we need to take ownership as well. Um, and the other thing I would say is, you know, sisterhood. So I talked about role models and mentors, but even in your peer group, you know, if you have, if you see another woman that's struggling with her career or maybe is, is sort of, you know, more junior, put your hand down and pull that other woman up with you. I've seen terrible behavior from women, ironically, to other women, which I never understand um, I will never get it because I just think we should all be there to support and, and help each other. But that doesn't always happen. So, you know, think about your colleagues, think about your peer group, think about your friends, hold your hand down and, and pull the other person up with you. Um, as opposed from pulling the ladder up and leaving that person down, down where they are. That is not good behavior, but I've seen it a lot. Um, the other things that I would say is around think about your how you want to come across, you know, be your authentic self. I mean, I remember in my earlier career, I would get some feedback that I was always in a suit, always in a suit. And that would seem to be a little bit stiff. Now, back in the day, that was sort of, I suppose, my perception of how I needed to dress and be in order to get on in a man's world, which it was back then in the world I was in. Um, but the reality was that when I got that feedback, I thought this, you know, sometimes, of course, you need to wear, a, you know, a trouser suit or whatever. And there's certain times that, that that's appropriate and you feel good dressed that way. But actually, I'm a woman. I like bright colours. I like dresses. So I really changed my style because I thought, actually, I should be being judged by the quality of what I deliver rather than what I'm actually wearing. You know, so yes, just think about how you're coming across um, and, and actually being authentically you. And thankfully, things have changed significantly. You can bring more of yourself to, to the work environment. And you, bring, you do a better job when you do that. It's exhausting trying to be something that you're not, you know. So um, there's a great quote, actually, which my mum, Doreen, loves um, about women in business. And this is it. So women in, women in business, it's, it, it's, like be, it's like ballroom dancing. You have to do all the same steps as a man, but backwards and in high heels. Uh, so that does make me giggle a little bit, that quote. And my mum absolutely loves it. But, um, you know, it isn't easy. It isn't easy. But the last piece of advice I would give to you is, you know, if you walk into a room thinking there's going to be a problem, there probably will be. 
right? So set your mind, believe in yourself, work on yourself every day, surround yourself with the right people, focus on doing a good job, focus on delivering. And rather than telling yourself all of the things that can go wrong, actually just really think about the art of the possible. What if? What if I'm successful? Wow, that is going to open a whole world of opportunities. So it's not easy, this stuff. We've made great progress, which I'm incredibly proud about. So if you're watching this on the live and you're not connected to me on social media, please do. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm on TikTok these days as well. Uh, but please do connect because I do these videos in order to, to help others and to help. In this case, we're talking about women, but I am equally help lots of men uh, with what I do. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, please do. Because again, I do two episodes a week. That podcast, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I talk to so many interesting people, senior leaders, CEOs that are running multi-billion pound businesses, elite sports people, entrepreneurs, you know, people that are running charities and doing amazing things. So check it out because we can learn from each other. And I also do solo episodes like every Friday. So little snippets like this, this will come out as a podcast episode as well. So please subscribe to Brave Bold Brilliant. And I've got a YouTube channel too. So if you like to consume your content on video, Check it out there as well. We're here to support each other. So let's make sure we do that. It's International Women's Day and we're celebrating that all of this week. I think we should celebrate every single day of the year personally. So even if you're listening to this at a time of the year when we're not celebrating directly International Women's Day, let's make every day a celebration about all of the fantastic men and women in the world today. Um, and let's just make sure we're creating those opportunities for all. So whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, remember it is by being brave and bold that you will unlock your brilliant. So take care, everyone. Have a fabulous day and just make sure there are no limits. Just go for it. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Bye. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.